0: Saturday. It is not beautiful outside. It is a rainy, cruddy day in Illinois, at least in northern central Illinois. Welcome, Edge of Your Sea Podcast, episode 27. I started this in October, and we're at 27. I know every once in a while, man, I can't believe we're here already. But 27 episodes in just a couple months. It's awesome, and we're going to keep continuing this. Especially when we have cool stuff to talk about like today. Our guest, Hall boys basketball coach Mike Filippini. He has been with the team since 2005-2006 season as the head coach, but he's been around Hall for a very long time. Great guy, great conversation. We talk all Hall basketball and some other stuff, a lot of cool things. The Red Devils and Filippini have won 21 games in each of the last three seasons. And we talk about that, talk about them getting regional finals and not being able to come through with a regional plaque. He has not had one in his head coaching career with Hall. Hopefully this is a the season. They're off to a great start and lots of fantastic play coming from them. They are actually in the Marseilles Boys Tournament, which is going on right now. They're in a semifinal tonight at 6.30. The Red Devils are in at the number one seed in the semifinals against number four, Kiwani. And they will play the winner. Whoever wins that game, Haller Kiwani, will play either number two, Indian Creek, or unseated Earlville is in the semifinals. Good for them. Earlville deserves some good seasons. I always liked going to their gym, watching their games. Looks like they're putting a, a pretty good team together here. In the first round, they beat Marquette, 57-51, and then beat Dwight yesterday in a quarterfinal, 69-53. So congrats on Earlville to getting in the semifinals. They do have a tough opponent in Indian Creek, who I believe is undefeated or pretty close to it. They have been doing really, really well this season. They play at 8 o'clock tonight. Tonight is Saturday, like I said. It's not a beautiful day. Always beautiful for basketball. Always, always, always. Before I get into more tournaments, because there is a lot I want to talk about tournament-wise, Brandon LaChance, I am your host at GRC Podcast. Thanks for listening, checking us out. please. Follow us on Facebook, Edge of Your C Podcast. On Twitter, Edge of Your C P. And there's many different ways to listen to us. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes. And we just added Google Music a couple days ago, so you can now check us out on Google Music. And our archive, you can find all of our episodes, which you can find them on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Music as well. But you can definitely find them on our archives page podcast.rss.com, Edge of URC Podcast. It's kind of long. I'll say it again. podcast.rss.com backslash Edge of podcast. That is the site or the link that I usually post on everything on our Twitter, on our Facebook. If I reach out and say, hey, maybe you should check this one out, that is the link that I give you. So please, keep listening, share us, whether it's on social media or share us with your friends. Word of mouth, advertising, I love it. Thank you, much appreciated. Also, shout out to Brian Cavelli. He created the track, the intro track, and the outro track. Thanks man, always appreciate it. It will be on every episode, probably until I'm not doing this anymore, which, um, that's never going to happen. So, you're going to hear that a lot. It's a great, great track, great beat. So before I get to the... Conversation with Mike Filippini. I'm gonna stop calling them interviews because it's really not an interview. I sit there with my guests and just chat about whatever it is, whether it's sports, you know, other things besides sports, human interest stuff. You know, it's just casual, cool, calm conversations, and I love it. I love just being able to chat and chill and get to know their side of the story, their side of, you know, what's going on in their life. What's everybody's lives different? Everybody's got a story to tell. And I hope that people are cool with doing that here because it is awesome for me to be able to produce that. And I hope it's cool for you as the listener to hear it because that's why we're doing this. Anyway, before I get to Filipini, I want to break down some more tournaments. I already talked about Hall, Earlville in the semifinals. The Marseilles holiday tournament did start on Thursday. So in the consolation bracket, St. B got a win today over Serena, 8259, they are in the consolation Championship and they will play either Seneca or Samanak who are actually playing as we speak. So St. Bede still can win a championship of some sort, that's always awesome. Other local teams in the, that I have not mentioned, Putnam County lost their first game, lost the first round of the consolation. Putnam County got a 54-52 W over Marquette today at 10:30. They are in Monday's 13th place game against Reed Custer. Lots of action going on in that tournament. It is fast and furious, game after game after game. I love going to Marcellus tournament. Always a cool one to catch. Another awesome tournament to catch is the Plano Christmas Classic. I have been involved in some shape, form, fashion since I was 16 years old. I am 34. That's a long time. Always great basketball. I'm going to try to make it to the championship game on Monday because that would be amazing. And I, I have not missed one in at least a good five years. I've been, I've been there every year. It's like, I can't, I can't do that. I can't miss it. Hopefully I can make it out there. Nothing's guaranteed at this point, but hopefully I can make it. The only super local team in the Plano Christmas Classic this year is Mendota. Princeton's not in it. St. Bede's not in it. LaSalle Peru's not in it. They've been in it the last few years. But this year was just Mendota. Mendota had a tough go. Burlington Central beat them 91-26 in the first round. And then they fell to Streeter 65-21 yesterday in the first round of the consolation. So they did not have a good go of it in the first two games, but they did pull off a 58-41 win over Hinckley Big Rock. Now the Trojans are set to meet Sandwich in the 13th place game on Monday at 10.30 in the Plano Christmas Classic. This is a 57th Classic. Wow. And that's that's a lot of Christmas classics. But this tournament is probably my favorite. No offense to any of the other ones, but for some odd reason, just the mixture of talent there's 4A, 3A, 2A, 1A schools in here. And the way they, they match it up, meet it up, set the, the seeds. Like, it usually comes where the top seeds are on top. They seed it really well. And there's always great competition. Every year of the championship game, I've seen triple overtime games. Oh, the Dixon-LaSalle-Peru. Oh, man. LP edged it out. I think it was 2016. That was such a great game. Three overtimes. I will never forget that. Never, ever, ever forget that game. That's probably one of my favorite basketball games that I've ever covered. I've been doing this for 14 years. So, (laughs) yeah, that was crazy. Anyway, moving on. In the semifinals, which are kicking off today, the first one at 7 p.m. is Caneland, who is the 6th seed, and Burlington Central, which is the two seed. After Burlington Central beat Mendota, they beat Morris 68-47. Another set up to meet Caneland. And the other semifinal is at 8.30 p.m. today. Peoria-Notre Dame, the one seed. They got there by beating Sandwich, 49-26, in the first round. And then defeating Ottawa, 65-35, in the second round game. To meet up with Chicago King, who beat Plano, 55-52, in the first round. And then Northridge, who was the four seed. 54-49. Plano was a 5. Northbridge was a 4. King came in here unranked and are now in the semifinals going against the number one seeded Peoria Notre Dame. I wish I could pick winners. I mean, if you look at it on paper, Notre Dame's 1. Burlington Central's 2. That would be a great game. They're usually solid programs year in and year out. I don't like to pick. It's high school sports. You never know what's going to happen. In games that are going on right now, consolation bracket semifinals, Number 7, Streeter, is going up against Cole City. And then at 2 p.m., number 5, Plano, is going to play number 8, Lyle. I really don't know much about those teams. I do know Streeter is pretty solid. I mean, they beat Mendota 65-21. Mendota's a struggling team right now. I know they beat LaSaupe Peru at the very beginning of the season. So I don't know much about them. Cole City is usually a smaller, fast team. I used to go to the Cole City Thanksgiving Tournament every year when St. Bede was in it. Usually a solid program. Plano has some athletes. They did pretty solid in the Kimone Classic. So again, great competition. I am definitely going to keep looking at this. And maybe I can make it out to that championship game on Monday. That would be pretty cool. Also moving on, I just mentioned the Cavaliers. LaSalle Peru is in the Chuck Dayton Tournament in DeKalb. They... Lost their first two games, but won a matchup against the Gary Comer Prep. I Hopefully I'm saying that right. I've never heard of this school. But Gary Comer Prep, 71-57. Good thing for the Cavaliers. At least get one tournament win. That always makes you feel better. Drake Weber had 25 points. The junior has been putting on a clinic this season. I think he had 17 or 19 in their, their loss yesterday. He's doing pretty well. He's holding it down for the Cavaliers. Another great one that I always like to go into, State Farm Holiday Classic, this, this tournament's huge. They have a small school bracket, they have a large school bracket, both boys and girls. Fieldcrest is usually in this tournament every year. They're there again. They're in the semifinals tonight at 8.30. They came in as a 7 seed, got a win over Rock Falls, they got a win over Bloomington Central Catholic. The quarterfinal win against Bloomington Central Catholic done in dramatic fashion. 59-58 in overtime. Wow, I, I kind of wish I would have seen that game. I, I bet you it was hype. The Knights are always hype when I seen them last year. El Paso Gridley came a crazy comeback. and It was just a regular season game, but that's conference. Huge rival between the schools. And once they're in that moment, the Fieldcrest fans, crazy behind their team. Crazy amounts of support. So I'm sure this was would have been a blast to be at. Jackson Cusack McKay led the way with 21. Matt Lorton had 16. Way to get the job done, boys. Don't know what exactly happened at the end of the game, but whoever made that basket or made that defensive stop, I know Coach Matt Winkler is proud of you. I have to give him a shout-out, sending me the stats for that game. Thank you, Coach Winkler. Hopefully that continues to get the word out about the Fieldcrest basketball program, just like I'm trying to do about all these schools. It's, It's a lot of fun. But they're against Rockford Lutheran, always an athletic team, 8.30 in the semifinals. Man, I wish I could be there for that one, too. I wish, I'm wish i looking at these brackets like, man, I want to be at all these games. That would be a lot of fun. And the other semifinal, Winnebago. Winnebago has been a juggernaut in this area for quite a while. seems like every time I'm at a regional final or a sectional semi or a sectional final, the team that I'm there to cover or the team that I'm interested in is always going against Winnebago. It seems like it's like that every single season. Well, at 7 p.m., they are going up against Aurora Christian. Winnebago was the one seed, like I said. Perennial powerhouse. Aurora Christian's the number four. Aurora Christian's always pretty good, too. They don't mess around. And in other tournaments, the Hall Lady Red Devils are playing in the Amboy Christmas Tournament, which they've been in the final, I think, the last couple years. I know last year they they lost to Amboy in the championship. The year before, I think they won it. And the year before that, I think Amboy won it. I might be incorrect about two years ago if it was Hall or Amboy in the year before that. Those might be exchanged. But I know I was there last year when Amboy beat Hall. But always a good tournament for them. They scored a 45-34 win over Serena Friday night. And now they're going against Lena Winslow at 3 p.m which by time this gets out, it will be probably right around 3 o'clock. So maybe I can get this out for Hall fans for their drive to Amboy, maybe get to check this out. Well, that's all the tournament rundown. I'm sure there's other tournaments going on, but the ones that I know of and aware of and have that love watching, covering, paying attention to, those are the tournaments. Plus, I'm excited for today. I got a dinner date with my girlfriend. Got a couple restaurants, you know, Christmas was just just here. but we got some gift cards, so we're like, hey, we don't even really have to spend that much money on dinner. And I'm going to watch Star Wars. I'm pumped. I, I don't know why I said it so quietly. I am pumped to go watch this movie. I've seen every single Star Wars movie in theaters. Have to continue with this one. I am not a sci-fi nerd. I really, this is pretty much the only sci-fi I really do, is Star Wars. But from the get-go, as a little kid, Love the storyline, love the characters, this is awesome. I can't wait to see it. She is not much of a Star Wars fan and she's probably like, uh, I really don't want to go. But because she loves me and is a very awesome person, she's going. So we're going to have dinner, go watch the movie, I am pumped. With that said, I'm going to kick it off to the conversation with Mike Filippini, Hall Boys basketball coach. They are playing tonight. In the semifinals of the Sales Holiday Classic Holiday Tournament at 6:30. Hopefully you can be there. I wish I was gonna be there. Oh, I don't know, Star Wars or a tournament basketball game. Ooh, that's a tough one. I don't even know if I could pick that. Which one would you rather go to? Ooh. The basketball game is only live once, and there's a good chance it's not gonna be recorded. Star Wars is going to be on DVD or on Disney Plus you're gonna watch it a million times throughout your lifetime but the environment of being at the theater and to say that you've seen all the Star Wars movies at the theater is something kinda crazy cool Mm, I don't know if I can decide that one ooh that's tough that's really tough okay I'm gonna go Star Wars with this one if it was the championship game the championship game of any tournament Especially the Marseilles Holiday Tournament with Hall Basketball. I would pick the tournament game, the championship. But, it's a semifinal. There's still more games to be played. I have to go Star Wars. With the fact that I can say it, I've seen every single one. Man, that was a tough one. I put myself on the spot there. Everybody's been saying I have been put my guests on the spot with tough questions. I just did it to myself. I am not biased by any means. I'll ask anybody a difficult question. <laughs> and I'm going to laugh about it. Well, enjoy the rest of the weekend. We will be back real shortly. I don't know tomorrow or Monday with the next podcast episode, Edge of Your podcast, with your host, Brandon Lachance. But it will be very, very soon. I have about seven interviews in the bag ready to be unleashed, 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 released, all of that. So stay tuned, keep listening. Like I say, every episode, I appreciate the love and the support. Thank you for listening and hopefully it continues till next time. Peace. I am lucky and thankful enough to have Hall boys basketball coach, Mike Filippini on to talk about this year's Kimoni classic and everything else. Basketball Mike, how are you?
1: Uh, not bad, a lot, a lot better than I was last week, pretty, pretty sick last week, and pretty busy, so I, uh, I'm, glad he, I'm glad he didn't ask me to do it last week.
0: <laughs> no problem, I actually wanted to wait until the Komoni Classic was over, so let's start right there, we'll start with the Komoni I'll call it a long and successful tournament, it's been around for a while, it's successful, and it's a lot of awesome basketball.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you gotta give uh, Eric Bryant, as athletic director, you gotta give Eric a lot of credit used to be, you know, eight teams. You know, I mean the competition wasn't very good. A lot of times we had a JV, had to throw a, you know, our own J V team in. The tournament has gotten, you know, so much more competitive. It's now twelve teams, four pools of, of three teams each. You know, there's probably I think before the IHSA reclassified this year, there was four or five 3A teams. There's still a couple 3A teams in it, you know, with, with Plano being one of them. But the competition is, I mean, it's a really good competition. Anytime you got Rock Falls, Kiwani, those are basketball schools. they were in the championship game this year. Rock Falls has been the championship game last Three years, actually. So we, they beat us last year. They lost to Kiwani this year. I mean, it's it, it's it's a tournament that definitely gets you ready for for regionals. You know, we we ended up losing two games to Pontiac and uh, and Plano, but both of those teams are, are a lot bigger school enrollment wise than us. A lot bigger kids than we're used to seeing, and you know that that that's good competition that we don't normally see.
0: You just kind of mentioned some of the teams that are in there so we'll just go by pools and the red pool was hall putnam county plano black pool was princeton mendota fieldcrest white pool rock falls pontiac borough valley and gray pool kiwani marquette st Bede. almost all of these teams have had great runs you know maybe not now but in the past so kind of all of them if i'm looking at them you know storied basketball programs
1: You know, I think uh, we did a pretty good job of splitting everybody up, you know, and and making the the pools pretty balanced. You know, the games, there were a lot of bad games, you know, I mean, there were some teams that weren't real competitive in the first round games, you know, but as it got to, as it got to like Thursday night, Friday night, and then Saturday for those crossover games. The games got a lot more uh, competitive, and I thought that all the groupings because the, the the way it works is the, all the le- the teams that get last place grouped into a into a group of four, so they play each other and crossover, and then the teams who get second place in the pool they're grouped together and play each other, and then obviously the the first place teams are the semifinals and the finals. You know, I thought there were really uh, really competitive games for this early in the year it's it's pretty good basketball you know you have like a team like princeton coming off of and, and really fieldcrest too coming off of deep semi-final football runs they were still able to put together you know both teams went three and one they were really able to, to put together a good tournament this early in the year you don't really know what to expect I thought the competition was really good i thought saturday's games were, were outstanding
0: the hall red devils <laughs> were in the seventh place game against st bead story rival we've talked about that you know you and i have talked about that personally i've talked about it on this podcast before hall st Bede biggest rivalry and it, well it's in the conversation of course the biggest rivalries with like la peru and ottawa and, and and things like that 58 57 though i mean talk about a nail biter
1: uh we're, we were we were very lucky to win i mean we we were not in a very we didn't have for whatever reason We didn't have a very good tournament we had a great seneca tournament uh obviously we won the championship on zero. In, in all the four games at our own gym we did not shoot the ball very well and that continued for it started with the putnam county game on saturday night the first night of the tournament and it carried through unfortunately for us uh into the last game and you know we just we did not shoot the ball very well from from the three-point line so that game saturday against st Bede, a lot of people are you know i've gotten numerous questions about it but you gotta give uh st Bede some credit they played really well they played better than we did we were lucky enough to win and you know i told our kids after the game we're not the type of program we're not going to be mad because we only beat st beat by one point we didn't play well we found a way to win at the end kind of the name of the game a lot of people were you know expecting us to you know to beat st beat by a lot but they played better than we did and sometimes and when you're dealing with 16 17 18 year olds high school kids sometimes uh what you think is going to happen doesn't doesn't always happen so we were lucky to escape i mean we were happy to be two and two we we like i said we didn't i so thought we played well we just didn't shoot the ball well in any of the four games and we were lucky to come out two and two
0: like you said they're kids so there's emotions <laughs> and who's feeling it hot hands all kinds of stuff like that i right. you did you did bring up the seneca tournament when i when i looked at the results and, and what was going on at the Comoni. I'm not gonna lie, I was like, was there an injury? Did somebody get suspended? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I was curious if there was some roster Well, oh
1: yeah, I mean, we had some sickness kind of go through. I mean, Peyton Plumbo really sick all week uh you know probably shouldn't have played he tried to play against he missed probably three of the five days of school that week so he was kind of sick but but like i said sometimes you know you got to tip your hat and give credit to the other team sometimes you just don't play very well and you know i don't have any problem saying this i'm sure our kids were overconfident saturday against st Bede. we've beaten them a lot you know saint bede b's been down it's no secret, but you know, I'm sure our kids. That was a that was a good lesson for our guys to you know to not take anybody lightly and not not be too overconfident. And you know, they got to remember what got them there. So, and that was a good good little lesson for us. Luckily, we were able to win the game. But going two and two is is not great. But you know, like I said, the way we shot the ball will will definitely take it. We're, we're that's what we told the kids today at practice. We're still six and two. So, you know, we, we're still having a good season and, and got a chance to get. You know, have an even better season as, as it goes on. Of
0: course, if you're 6 and 2 or got a winning record, sometimes you can get very overconfident. Do you think a game like that in the seventh place game against St. Bede kind of woke them up for the future? Like, hey, this could happen anytime.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it was a wake up call. And like I said, I, we were kind of hanging our heads and feeling sorry for ourselves that we were in the seventh place game to begin with. And, you know, and then we took, played St. Bede, and I think our kids just thought we were going to walk out there, and because it's said Hall on our jerseys that, St. Peter's going to roll over and, and let us beat him by 25 points, and that's not what happens. And you know that's that's not what happens in sports. You got to go out and earn it. And so that was a good little good little lesson for us. And this week we've had a much better week of practice. That that's the other thing about the kimono for for us for Hall because we're in a unique situation. We we don't really get to practice all week because the team every ga- the games start at five o'clock. And we don't start practice till three fifteen. We have to be off the court by like 4.15, 4.20. So you only basically get an hour of practice. So that that's another kind of uh, kind of downfall to hosting, I guess, to hosting the tournament. You know, the days that we don't play, we basically get an hour of practice. So that's another kind of uh, you know kind of thing that's that's against us. Even though we're playing in our own gym, we don't get to really work on much during the week.
0: Looking at the all tournament team. Uh, treasure Barczyk. He is a junior. Uh, he was a dynamic scorer and a, a leader for your team last year. But you also had some seniors, uh, Jimmy D'Angelo, Ch- Chancellor Sedich, that were there to back him up if you know he ever needed any help. Does he have that backup this year, or is it you know the treasure show?
1: Oh no! I mean, we've had that. Was the thing about Seneca that you know that we were really excited—the newer game, which was basically the semifinal game, and then the finals against Salminac up in Seneca. We had we had all five starters in double figures both games. I mean, I've been at Hull for 19 years. I don't think I've ever had all five starters being double figures, ever. I mean, I've been, I was the girls' coach for four years. I've been the boys' coach for the last 14 years. And I don't think I've ever had all five starters being double figures. So, I mean, Brian Fuentes is having a great year. Tyvon Apps is having a great year. Uh, scoring Cole Wozniak and, and Peyton Plym are our other two starters. Both of those guys are having really good years. But that that's the reason we won Seneca is you know, like I said, all, all five starters the last two games all have uh, double figures both games. So that helps Trez out a lot. That, you know, that takes a lot of the load off of Trez so he doesn't feel like he has to do everything. And, you know, I mean, he, that, that way other defenses can't really key on everybody. They, they want to key on Trez. There's four other guys on the court that can score. That's
0: always a nice problem for a coach to have, huh? Yeah, and and like I said, I don't think I've ever... I
1: mean, I've coached some really good teams. I've coached some really bad teams in the 19 years I've been All I've never, ever... I went back and even looked through some books. I don't ever remember having five kids and all five starters scoring double figures, and we did it two games in a row. So credit to our kids for being themselves. It's a big thing in, in high school basketball. A lot of kids are only concerned about themselves and, you know, worry about their own stats. But when you have... Five guys in double figures two games in a row, that means you got unselfish kids. So that's uh, something we gotta get back to, you
0: know, Friday night against Princeton and then going forward into our sales. So I was looking at the the scoring leaders, Trez Barczyk averaged twenty points a game during the tournament. He was third, Paul Hart from Saint Bede. Second with 22, and then Ryan Weir from Pontiac with a pretty impressive 31 points a game in the tournament. But what shocked me with the leaders is the MVP of the tournament, Kavan Russell, scored like 14 a game, was 10th, 11th in the tournament scoring wise, but still ended up winning the MVP. What was it about his game that you saw that you're like, yeah, I see why he was MVP?
1: Well, I mean, Kevon Russell is a great... I mean, that, that kid, thank God he's a senior because I'm tired of drawing up game plans to try and stop him and Carson Sauer from, from Kiwani. Look, Kavon Russell is a is a four-year starter from Kiwani. kid's had some great games on our court and in, in our tournament you know, in the Kiwani. So, I mean, he's a great player. And that's the thing about Kiwani. They're similar to us. They have five, six. They probably have more than we do, obviously. Five, six kids who can score at any you know, in double figures. And when you play a team like that, I mean, that's kind of how Seneca was. Trez was the MVP of the Seneca tournament. He may have been the leading scorer, but it wasn't a, you know, the the reason Trez was the MVP for different reasons. That's the same reason why Kevon Russell, I mean, he's a good defender. He rebounds the basketball. It's not just... The amount of points you score, it's how you lead your team. And Kiwani is based around, come on, and plays well, then their team is going to play well. They had a great tournament. Obviously, they, they, they weren't even really challenged in any of the four games. Rock Falls probably gave them the best game, but they still beat him by, I don't know, 15, 16 points. You know, you don't have to necessarily be the leading scorer of the tournament to be the MVP. There's a lot more that goes in. When I vote for things like MVP and all-tournament team, I don't just look at scoring leaders. I look at how kids play defense. You know, how kids play with their teammates, if they're sharing the ball, things like that. I don't just look at the point score.
0: To back up your point, I uh, said Kevon Russell, 14 points. <laughs> Nico Poe from Kiwani with 15.8 per game during the Kimoni. And then Carson Sauer, who you mentioned, 13.5. And then you had, you know, Trez with 20. And then you had three of your other four starters with over 8.5 points. So back up your point, I mean, yeah, that
1: helps you win games. For us to be good, you know, we got to be unselfish and we got to we got to share the ball. I, I mean, ideally, like we did in Seneca, everybody's scoring between 10, 12, 18 point, you know, 18 points a game. For us, you know, Trez is one of the best offensive players I've ever coached at all. He's going to break the 1,000 point barrier. He's not gonna. He's probably not going to break it this year, but he should break it in early next year of a senior season. And, you know, I've only had a couple kids. I've had Bob Brett Fanning broke it. Corby Kaspersky broke the 1,000 point barrier f- for me. And Kaylee Klein, when I coached Kaylee, you know, she obviously had over 1,000 points. I think that's the only three kids that have done it. So Trez is one of the best offensive players we've ever had. Trez's main concern is us winning basketball games. I mean, believe me, he would rather average 10 or 12 points in us win games than him average 20 points in us lose. He's one of the best kids I've ever coached. I mean, very coachable and just very... never talks back, never says a word. If I tell him to do something, he doesn't. So, I mean, he's he's a great kid to coach and really thankful I got him for another year and a half.
0: He's also cool to talk to. I've talked to him a lot of times. He's a good kid to talk to as well.
1: He, He doesn't say much, but when he talks... He's not one of those kids that runs his mouth, you know. But when he does talk, the kids listen, and you know, the coaches listen too. I mean, he has that unique ability. He doesn't—he doesn't say much, but when he does talk, everybody listens.
0: So, one more thing about, uh, you know, Kimone. I, and not really just the Kimoni, kind of tournament basketball in general. I mean, every program, whether it's girls or, or boys basketball, starts with a Thanksgiving tournament. Then you might play a couple non-conference games, and then you go into a Christmas tournament. What do you think tournament basketball kind of does for your team or for the players? I mean, we already kind of mentioned one thing about, you know, if you get a loss in the early on in, in these tournaments, thinking, you know, you're confident and you got beat or almost lost to a team that you should have beat, you know, that's a lesson. What are some other things that you as a coach and you see your team learn through these tournament games?
1: For me, I mean, these tournaments are a, are a grind. I mean, that, it's a long week. Just take the week of the Seneca Tournament of Thanksgiving week We get 12 practices, you know, you get the first two weeks of all practice where nobody's playing. So you practice 12 times, and then like that week for us, we played four games in six days. And one of the six days was Thanksgiving, so obviously we didn't practice. You know, I was talking about the kimono the and having practice time. You just don't get a lot of time to practice stuff. You know, this week has been great because we've been able, we're going to have four days of practice before we play Princeton. We haven't practiced four times, basically, since before the Seneca tournament. You know, that just the way the the way the season goes, the, these games run together. I mean, the tournaments are tough when you're playing four games in a, in a tournament like that. I mean, like right now, we've played, we're six and two, so we've played eight games, we've played four each you just don't get a lot of time to practice. The kids get run down. Coaches get run down because you're, if you're not playing a game, you're scouting a game. So it's nice to get a little break from the tournament. I mean, this, this week has been a lot better. I know for me and I think a lot better for the kids just because they're, you're constantly at the gym. You know, like last week at the Kimodian, I don't know how many hours I logged at that tournament, either coaching a game, scouting a game, watching our sophomores play, doing something. But it takes its toll, so it's it's nice to... Uh, I mean, it, it's fun to play in tournaments, but, I mean, it, it really takes its toll. Like I said, when you got a kid that's sick or injured, you know, like Peyton last week was, was sick during the community. He had no time to basically get better. I mean, you he, he didn't want to not practice... And he felt like he wasn't going to play, or he wasn't going to play as much as he thought he would play. So he's trying to come to practices and, and trying to come to these games while he's sick because he just don't have time to get better. So there, a lot of people don't understand how much of, like I said, how much of a grind it is. By Saturday night, you're exhausted. Doesn't matter if you're a 16 year old kid or a 47 year old broken down coach like me here <laughs> are exhausted at the at the end. I mean, even the Seneca tournament. When we won, you know, I mean, it was awesome. When we won. You take the picture. When you're driving home, I mean, I was, I was just dead driving home. All the adrenaline wears off, and that's a, those are long weeks.
0: I've talked to, you know, a couple people from Hall, and you know, it's kind of been noted it or like, just jotted it down or kind of skimmed through it. But these last few years, Hall has had some really impressive classes where almost every sport for Hall is either won a regional or you know the baseball team won a state championship in 2018 the hall relay team won two state championships this past spring you've been there at hall like you said quite a few years what is the the likeliness or the odds that you know a school especially as small as hall can get classes like this the last i'm I'm gonna say like five years
1: you got to give all the credit to our kids. I mean, our kids are very, very competitive. I mean, it doesn't matter if we're like. I mean, I can obviously speak mostly for basketball, but I mean, our our practices are competitive. Our kids are going at each other. I say it in all the in the all the previews. It, it's not especially in coaching or especially in basketball. It's not the coaching that they're getting that the reason that they're that good. It's the, these kids are just competitive kids. The kids from Spring Valley, the kids from LADD. I mean, they're just Delzel, they're just competitive kids, and that's why we win games. I mean, I always tell our kids in basketball, we don't have the greatest basketball players. I mean, most of the time when we step on the court, most other teams have better basketball players and better coaches than we have. But the reason we win games is, is, their, is their attitude and their effort, and their competitive. I mean, all kids are just competitive, you know I mean? You can take the football team. I mean, I, I don't coach the football team, but I do the radio commentary for the games and there's a lot of times that Coach Thiemann didn't have the most didn't have the best players. You know what I mean? When you when you look at Hall's kids, but he wins a lot of games again, because those kids are competitive. I can tell you right now in basketball we we don't have the best basketball players. You know, but we've won in the last two years we won forty two basketball games. Played for I mean, we've played for a regional final for three straight years. We haven't won one, but we've played for one. I mean, those are hard to even get to a final. Baseball, the competitive nature is off the charts. I mean, I mean, we, we got kids going all over the country playing baseball, trying to you know make themselves better. So it it's it's a fun place to coach and a great place to coach because of the kids. They're competitive. I mean, they're 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 hard nosed kids and they're very very competitive and they want to win. I feel like a lot of those kids want to win as bad as I want to. I mean, if you ask my wife and my two daughters, they think I'm the worst loser, biggest sore loser ever. But that's just Me being competitive, but our kids are literally the same way. They want to win, and you don't always have to have the most talented team to win, but you need to have the most competitive team to win.
0: Outside of basketball, I mean, you said you did radio for football. I've seen you at the desk for, is it volleyball? Yeah, I think I've seen you at the... No,
1: girls' basketball. Girls'
0: basketball, okay. okay.
1: I do, yeah, I do. Me and and Nick Hank do the, uh, or the book are the book and clock guys for for the girls' basketball teams. I get to watch all the girls' home games. They only play seven home games this year, but uh, we, we get to watch all the girls' home games, too. I also took on softball this year since, since Holman left. I uh, I get to be the softball coach, too.
0: So you're just doing everything for Hall.
1: Well, they tried to get me to come back to football, too, and I, I almost did, but then I didn't. I, I didn't I didn't take Randy's offer, so I think my wife would have killed me if I would have coached three sports.
0: <laughs> I could definitely see that. She she could probably she'd probably be upset.
1: Well, I mean she may have wore me out of the house to just get rid of me, but not to have to deal with me that much. But she uh, she probably would have missed me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> with uh, you know all
0: your commitments to hall athletics and stuff, have you been able to watch much college football or NFL?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I watch a ton of ton of college football. My oldest daughter Morgan goes to the University of Iowa, and I'm a huge Hawkeye fan. I I, I probably influenced her a little bit to go to Iowa. I mean, we went to a couple of Iowa football games. You know, so I'm a huge Big Ten football fan and, and, and watch a ton of Iowa games. If I'm not coaching a a game, I'm usually watching sports. So I I really don't have a whole lot of uh, interest outside of sports. <laughs> yeah,
0: it doesn't seem like it at all. Made you uh, become an Iowa fan? You know we're not far from University of Illinois. You know there's a bunch of Illinois schools, but you're an Iowa fan.
1: Yeah, I mean I went to Illinois State, so I mean obviously I, I still cheer for for Illinois State and all their sports. But my sis, my middle sister uh, went to uh, went to the University of Iowa when I was a little kid. I was probably like ten years old because I'm the baby of the family, so. You know, we, you know my mom and dad used to take me out there when we'd go out to see uh sue at, at the university of iowa my brother-in-law went there also i just was around it there and that's when i that's why i became a fan is because of because sue went there and then i uh, like i said we, we went on some college visits with morgan and i'll probably have to admit that i, I may have i may have influenced her a little bit to go to iowa
0: <laughs> so as in a little bit you mean a lot of bit
1: <laughs> well, I mean, uh, let's just say I, you know, I, I, the, the first visit we went to, she didn't like Iowa. I threw a fit on the way home in the truck, <laughs> got all mad, and then the second time we went a year later, and then she really liked it. She basically said she was going to go to Iowa, and I, I almost drove off the road because I was so excited. But <laughs> and, and and we'll see with me. Ma- I mean, Maggie's my youngest daughter. She's only sophomore, so she'll start the whole college visit thing, you know, next year. We'll, we'll see where she wants to go.
0: And did you have to bait her to go back to Iowa a second time since you didn't no, want to
1: No, I mean we she it was between Augustana and Iowa. That was her two final choices. And we went to both her junior year, and then when we went back her senior year, I don't know what the reason was. Like I said, it, 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 believe me, it wasn't anything I, I did, because I, I was trying to get her to, to go there her junior year. So, <laughs> But after, we, after the, we took the visit her senior year, she uh, we got on 80 and started driving back. I mean, we, we were five minutes outside of Iowa, and she says, Dad, I don't want you to get too excited. But I think I decided to go to Iowa, and I said, I was very
0: excited so <laughs> that's awesome that's very cool well
1: then i don't have to re- buy my wardrobe because i already had a ton of uh i already had a ton of iowa you know that's part of my clothing collection is is either hall stuff or iowa stuff so <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you really have like two things in your wardrobe
1: uh yeah and that uh, basically nike stuff under armor stuff hall stuff and iowa stuff <laughs> that's it.
0: so have you already told your younger daughter you have to wear something in these colors
1: Oh, no. I mean, I, we'll, we'll see what she wants to do, but Maggie's got to decide what she wants to get, go into first before we start picking colleges. But I, I will guarantee you this. We will take a visit to the University of Iowa. So,
0: <laughs> Like, you don't have to choose there, but you are going to take a visit there.
1: Yeah, we are going to take a visit. <laughs> I will awesome. guarantee her that.
0: That's awesome. Well, maybe she'll uh, pick a school that their colors are, are different than
1: red or gold. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, Maggie is more of a you know, she, she really was into softball. She's on a, a travel softball team out of Joliet. and their team colors are red and black. So we really didn't have to change our our hall colors. You know, that worked out perfectly this year. She, she's on the team in Joliet, and our colors are red and black. So we basically didn't have to buy any any new spirit gear.
0: Well. I want to thank you for joining me. Hopefully, we can do this again sometime. Especially, I mean, if you get to a regional final, I'm gonna have to be there.
1: I'm tired of giving the speech, and you know, I, I think the kids are try- are tired of listening to that. There's nothing worse. than, I mean, you can ask any basketball coach if you have to give the give the second place speech in the, in the regional. That that that's a speech you don't want to give. You know, it's a very uh, sad locker room. Your seniors are. Are crying and devastated, so that I'm tired of giving that speech. I hopefully, this year uh, is the year we we can crack through and, and finally win one.
0: I will definitely be pushing for that one. I've covered you guys tons of times over the last few years, so it'd be good to see you guys pull through. I
1: think we got the kids that can do it. We're not a very big team, but we, like I said, we got five guys that can score, and, you know, hopefully we, uh, you know, hopefully it it works out. But we got a lot of work to do before we uh, get to the end of February.
0: So it continues. Basketball season rolls on. Well, thanks, Coach Phil. Appreciate it. And like I said, you're welcome to join us anytime you want to.
1: Uh, thanks for having me and, and like I said I, I've, I've listened to a couple so uh, I probably won't listen to this one because I don't like to listen to myself talk I've, I've never listened to myself talk on, on WJK when I do the Hall games so uh, I probably won't listen to this one but I'll listen to your other ones trust me
0: there we go I appreciate that it's weird listening to myself do these podcasts
1: yeah I've ne- like I said I've never I've done Hall's football games for probably five years I've never listened to one second of myself because i think i'm i think i'm embarrassing so i don't i don't don't want to uh i don't know if i'll i probably uh, i'll have to debate on whether i'm gonna listen to this one or not (laughs) we'll we'll, we'll see what happens then huh yes (laughs) i'll I'll let my family listen to it first they can tell me if i should listen or not (laughs) there you go
0: that's awesome well i'll tell your family hi then since you're gonna make them listen to this (laughs)
1: Yeah, they'll they'll, my family, and my girls will be the uh, deciding factor.
0: I could see that. I could totally see that. If you had to pressure them to go to (laughs) Iowa, then they can be the ones that determine if you should listen to this podcast. Right. Exactly.